Thanks, Greg. Hey, good morning. That's loud. Let's put that a little bit lower. A lot of new faces. I like this. So we've got some, some people from right up the road that are here, including myself. We've got some people from the Central Valley. Where's our Valley representatives at? All right, who else? I know there's more. Yeah, right on. Yeah, welcome all you guys that are new. And then there's one other Redlands, I want to say. Yeah, right on. So welcome to everybody. I don't know how often we'll be seeing you here. And actually, we have somebody that beat all of you all, though. We have people that came all the way from Wyoming, just for this, from South Dakota, just for this message right now. She is going to want a refund on her plane ticket. This is, yeah, actually, this is my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law, so it's very good to have them here. Yeah. But hey, welcome everybody. Happy 6th of July. Happy late 4th of July. We, yeah, what a full house. Look around. This is crazy. We had to set up more chairs. And what's, what's cool is this is my first official Sunday as lead pastor slash community architect here. So I'm looking around, I'm like, yikes, what, what have I gotten myself into? This is going to be awesome. So, yeah, welcome, all of you new faces and all of you old faces. So good to have you. Well, I didn't really, I got tempted to get a little thrown off my game with so many new people coming in, because I was like, wait a minute, like, they don't want to just come and kind of step into the same old thing that we've been doing, but I guess it's not really the same old thing, because, like I said, this is my first Sunday, but I have something prepared that's part of a series, so forgive me that you're not getting the full picture. I guess we never really get the full picture, right? But we're going to start a series on community this morning. And what we're going to do, it's, it's going to be interesting because we're going to kind of take a look under the hood, so to speak, at why community is so important. And as we've had, you know, 4th of July, you come out here and it's, it's really friends and family that make it so special, isn't it? You come out here to the coast and it's nice, but really, if the family and friends weren't here with you, it would be empty, wouldn't it? So what we want to look at is what is it that makes community so essential? Why is community so important? As we look over the next few weeks at the value of community, we need to start with why. Why do community? Why does it matter? What's the point? That's where we're going. I really struggled, actually, over the last week to kind of get traction with what I wanted to say because... It's something that I feel deeply in my heart, but my head doesn't always have words for. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way about relationships and community and, and richness and, and all of this, but, but all of a sudden, things clicked into place when a certain family walked through the door. And I saw the way this family was engaged, and I saw the response to them walking through the door, and all of a sudden, it was like, that is what my heart has been trying to say. That's what's on my heart to say. And they showed it with their interaction. And so I want Shara to come up. And as Shara comes up, I'm going to tell you what I saw. And then I want Shara to tell you what she saw. And remember, we're talking about community. So this is Shara Tatham. Everybody welcome her. She's... By the way, 
good. That's it. By the way, Shara has been working faithfully as the children's director for about a year. And this is kind of her last month and not, and it is, but it's not. But I guess she officially, you were officially done last month, right? But she still showed up this morning and was like, hey, I'm still going to do what I need to do. But can we give Shara a hand for all she's done for the kids, first of all? Yeah. That's... That's just a tiny piece of the celebration you deserve and that we are able to give you now, but more will come, more will come. Um, it was actually Chrissy, somebody that I just met, just sent her kid off into the back end, and she was like, what an amazing place that you can just kind of like let your kid go and you know where they're going and you trust who they're going with. That's because of Shara. So thank you. Um, but that's not why I have her up here. So let me tell you from my vantage point what I saw, and then I want to let her share quickly. There's, you can grab that mic in a second. So, so this family, sorry to put people on the spot, but this family walked through the door. Uh, Lisa, where did you go? Where are they? Are they out right now? Okay, okay. So when you guys, when you guys walked through the door, there was just this, this bursting of emotion for people. And I saw these people gravitate towards you and just embrace you like there was such a deep heart connection that trying to put words to that would be a sick joke. And I don't know what all that was. I don't know the story. I don't, I've met you guys, what, twice now, right? And it's been about this quick. And I, I know you're part of the Fry family, which is a very beloved family to us. Um, Mike, who's just up here doing the transition, was, is, is Lisa's father, but, so we know Mike and we know Betty, but there was just this, I don't even know how to put words to it. Something happened when they walked through the door that hearts were just ripped open and emotion flooded out of joy and relief and exuberance to see their faces. Did anybody else see that? It was one of those things that you just want to bottle and you want to make yours because it's so rich. Shara, will you give us some context about what, because Shara was one of the ones that as soon as she saw them, all of a sudden I, I see Shara start tearing up and just boom, beeline over to them. And will you tell us what was going on there? I don't know. Absolutely. Just tell us the story. Am I on now? Okay. Yeah. So to give you a little history, my family moved from the Central Valley over here two years ago, and we actually live in Cambria, and we had a connection with the vineyard, you know, where Mike and Betty Fry were at, and a lot of people that are here visiting today. And I'm actually going to, I can bring you guys in a little bit too, because it is about the matter of the heart and community and our people, right? And so two years ago, our family moved over here, and... Um, to a little degree, we felt a little bit alone or a little bit kind of, we have this church body, but we've also been, we're down a half an hour away and just feeling a little like disconnected maybe. So we're plugging in here and we're meeting our people. And, and so this weekend, what happened is uh, we have great friends from the Valley that came and have been staying with us for a weekend. And all I can explain is in my heart where there's this place where, um, people here, we're here now in, Moral, or in Cambria on the central coast, and there's people, like, I look around the room, and I'm like, Geska, you're in my heart. Like, 
I don't know you very much, but I'm starting to like grab onto people here, right? Like I'm knowing you guys a little bit and you guys, there's just these pieces of people that are in my heart that I feel connected to. And I know that's gonna grow with time, right? The more that we get to spend time with each other. However, when people from Fresno that we did community with for the last 20 years before we moved, they're like deep-seated in my heart where I, I have, we have our visitors come and I'm like, oh, I, I feel known as part of this. They know me. I don't have to say a word. They know who I am. They know my good, my bad. They know everything and they love me and I feel valued when I'm with them. And um, so I guess that is what I'm, when you saw the Dornhoffers walk in and I haven't seen my friend Lisa in a long time and we have talked via phone but not seen each other face to face and her son who has this place in my heart that I haven't seen forever, it was, that was the emotion that you were trying to tag onto. That I'm like, there's these people here that are growing but there's people who are deep seated in my heart forever and ever who are a part of our lives and still a part of our lives and connected but then also making connections here. And just seeing you guys too, knowing that you guys are all believers. I looked at your family coming in and sitting here. I'm like, oh, look at all those. You guys have these connections here. And then in the kingdom, we're all connected, right? There is a connection there. So thank you guys for coming and being a part of this too, you know? Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. I'll put this back to you. It's, I guess it just makes sense why I would struggle to find words to describe what's in my heart because it, it, it's tough. But you guys, when Shara talks, you know what she's talking about, don't you? You've, you've felt that before. And when you haven't had that, it's hurt, hasn't it? Have you been through a season where you haven't had the richness like Shara's talking about? And this is... This is what's really interesting to me. We have this thing that we throw around in Christian circles. Um, by the way, I'd like to make some space at some point just for, I, I have a feeling there's going to be room for some other people to share. So I'm just throwing that out there now so that you guys don't get caught off guard. But I think that's going to be coming because you don't have one person talk about community, right? That's called a conflicting message. <laughs> that's called incongruence. So just be ready to kind of be put on the spot that I think there's more of you that are going to need to share this morning. But, but there's this thing that we hear often. My wife and I lived in China for five years, and, and we heard this a lot at the beginning because we felt really lonely the first few, you know, I guess first six months in, in China in particular. We felt really lonely. And we had this weird tape running through our mind that made us feel guilty for feeling lonely. And it was this line that we hear a lot in Christian circles. It's this line, well, God is enough. Have you ever heard that line? God is enough. And you're like, wait a minute, are you going to stand here and try to tell me God's not enough? Yes. To be honest with you, yeah. That's what I'm going to try to tell you. Now, I'm going to have to unpack that a little bit because I see some of your reactions. You're like, okay, what are we doing here this morning right now? But we sing these songs, right? All of you is more than enough for all of me. You heard that song before? You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. My wife, Sarah, right there, wave your hand. She's, <laughs> she's the one with the baby attached to her. Um, the baby's mine, too. <laughs> 
when I, we were, we lived in Denver, that's where she grew up, is Denver, Colorado, and we were part of a group called Youth with a Mission. So out in Denver, we had these worship times in this missions organization. Three times a week, we'd have this rich, powerful worship experience. And at one time, I walked in, and they were singing the song, You're All I Want, You're All I've Ever Needed. And I look over at her, true story, not trying to be corny, just trying to be honest. I look over at her, and I said, God, I can't sing this song to you right now. I don't mean it. I want her too. You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. And God's like, no, 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 no. I didn't design it that way. I never said I was enough for you. Can we unpack this a little bit? You guys get it. You have a sense of where I'm going, right? You know what I'm talking about, but have you felt that guilt, though? Because think about it. You feel lonely, and then you feel guilty for feeling lonely. How broken is that? What do you do with that? You know that psychologists will say that loneliness is probably the most difficult feeling or problem to get people to admit? And they actually say that it's probably because loneliness is the closest experience we have to death. That's an intense statement. Psychologists say that loneliness is probably the closest experience we have to death. Why? Because when you are alone, you are dead to other people, is how it feels, isn't it? When you are alone, you are missing the thing that makes you you. And you know what that thing is? Connection. That is why community is so vital. So what we're going to do, I'm going to show you guys, we're going to go back to the very beginning, and I'm going to show you that creation, even before the fall, we all hear the story, we hear the way the gospel is preached, right? God is perfect, and God is holy, and God made man, and man sinned, and then God had to fix it, and all this stuff. So we hear that all the time, and we think that, we talk about creation, and the garden, and Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, we use words like perfect, don't we? We say that creation was perfect before Adam and Eve ate from the fruit, ate from the tree. But did you know that the Bible doesn't say it was perfect? There was something broken about creation before Adam and Eve even ever touched the fruit. Have I totally lost you guys? (laughs) There was something broken about creation before Adam and Eve ever even touched the tree. Here's what I mean. So God creates all these wonderful things. God creates light and dark. God says, let there be light. And what is there? There's light. That's pretty amazing, right? Can you imagine if we could do that? Hey, light. There it is. And God sees the light, metaphorically and literally speaking, I guess. God sees the light and says that it's what? Good. And then God separates land from what? From water and says it's good. And we obviously think the same because that's why you come out to the coast for 4th of July. We think it's good too, and it is good. God creates vegetation and plants and flowers, and God says it's good. God creates two specific lights, one for the night and one for the day, the sun and the moon. And God says it's good. Noticing a pattern here, right? And then God creates birds and fish. 
sky animals and sea animals, and God says, it's good. There's a bird in there, right? That's a bird on top of that thing. And then God creates the beasts and the creepy things, like me. It literally says God created, like, the beasts and the livestock and the creepy things. <laughs> Originally, I was thinking to have people come up and, like, act all of this out, you know, like we've done before. But I was like, who would want to be the creepy thing? So we, we'll just use photos. But. And then God creates one other thing. God creates human. God creates human. This is a particular human that I'm especially fond of. This is my boy Joshua. God creates human. But then all of a sudden, God changes God's tune. Huh. Because in Genesis chapter 2, God looks at human and says, wait a minute, there's something broken about this human is alone, and it is not good for this human to be alone. This was before the fall. This was before the tree. This was before the serpent came in. God says this human is alone, and this is broken. This is not right. This is not how it's supposed to be. I'm going to show you guys a quote real fast. So I'm going to give you some time to think about it for a minute. And I'd like to hear what you guys think. Now remember, we're talking about a garden. Genesis 1, 2, and 3. We're talking about a garden. And we're talking about a human that's alone. This is from a guy, Phil knows this guy, a guy named Rick McKinley. Look at this quote for a minute. A little lighthearted reading for a morning, right? Hey, that's fun to talk about. Isolation is the garden of the devil. Yikes. So let me ask you guys, what, how do you respond? What do you think when you see this? What, does anybody disagree? Does anybody know from experience that this is true? Somebody that's willing to let us into your mind and heart. How do you respond to these words up on the front? Yeah, Gayska. Nice and loud, please. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Solitary confinement. Yeah, I hadn't really made that connection, but one connection to that. <laughs> now we might be getting a little too deep. This might be, or it might be a little too close to home. But parents, think about our timeout system. <laughs> now we're stepping on toes. Oh man, Chris, you crossed the line there. I have friends. Some of my mentors actually refuse to put their kids in solitary timeout because you know what? 
they don't want to teach their kids when you do something bad, I disown you and remove myself from you. There's something to think about there. Now, this is not a parenting seminar. I'd be the last person that should be given a parenting seminar, but there's some things to think about there, isn't there? Yeah. That save us from the parenting talk. Thank you. Yeah, he's really good at helping us go deeper into our pathology, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, anybody experience that? Have you noticed when you're alone that your burdens seem heavier? That your resources seem lesser? That your hope seems thinner? Have you noticed that? Let's hear from, I love this. Let's hear from a few more. Thank you, too. Yeah. I'm just thinking about a few people that I know that struggle with sin. And when they're in isolation, when their family members say that they're by themselves, really, it's like that garden where the devil kind of gets right. They, have, they don't like being alone because they know they're sinning. Mm. So that's when that garden kind of blooms. They try not to be alone in that sense. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Because you, you lose some of the resources to overcome temptation, don't you? Exactly. Because who's going to hold you accountable when you're alone? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I saw another hand. Come on. Yeah, let's go here and then we'll go. Yeah. Heavy thoughts. Now think about this for a minute. You made a connection with God's grace and lack of isolation. How primarily, as you looked back over your life, if God ever came through for you, that's, okay, I'm going to rephrase that. When God did come through for you, how was it that God came through? 99.999, it's through what? What were you going to say? Through another human being. Just, yeah, just one little glance acknowledging, saying, you exist. 
It's so powerful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Someone else, yeah. That's a powerful paradigm shift there. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, thank you. Phil. Hmm. Hashtag boom, right? For you, free Insta filters. Yeah. Say that again. We say that one more time. Write that down if you haven't yet. If you guys blank page of teaching notes in front of you, <laughs> there's your teaching note for the morning. Yeah. That's a good quote there. Yeah. We all get this, right? But sometimes it's important to take a step back and say, well, why is it this way? You know, is this because I'm weak? Have you ever felt like, I mean, I think that's sometimes what happens. We're on the, the back end of Independence Day. July 4th, Independence, a huge American value. Independence, I don't know. I mean, can today be Interdependence Day? Because that's what I think we really need to get, and I think that's what we're wired for. That's what I'm trying to say and what we're hearing this morning. Interdependence Day. Remind me your name, sir? Alan, okay. So, so Alan referenced hell, and I, I don't really want to... Okay. I don't want to take the hell thing too lightly, but I just can't resist sharing you guys with you something I heard recently that was such a beautiful picture. I just got back from a month in China, and when I was there, I read about this. It's actually a Vietnamese proverb or quote. It's not Chinese, it's Vietnamese, but, but they have this saying, and I felt like this was a beautiful picture, especially as my boys were in China, they're trying to relearn how to use chopsticks, if any of you guys have been through that process. It's like, uh... If you're trying to eat and you're really hungry and you haven't used chopsticks before and you don't have a fork, like you're going to get a little desperate. But this was the picture in this Vietnamese proverb. They said, in heaven, people have chopsticks that are one yard long. And in hell, people have chopsticks that are one yard long. The difference is, in hell, they can't reach their mouths. But in heaven, they feed each other. And I was like, that is money right there. (laughs) Because that's what this whole thing is about, isn't it? That's what community is about, is that you all, we all have something to contribute. We all need each other to get the food to our mouths. 
that's at the core of community, is interdependence. A little side note, this is not a commercial, but I, one of the things that I've been doing for the last year is working with a thing called StrengthsFinder. And it's about helping people identify their strengths, their natural ability and, and talent, and helping them identify their, their weaknesses, things that just don't come naturally to them. And if you get philosophical, you can think about, well, why do we actually have weaknesses in the first place? How many of you would like to just wave a magic wand and get rid of your weaknesses, if you could? If I gave you a magic wand to do that, how many of you would take me up on that? Yeah. Now, I'm going to push back on you a little bit. Guess what you've just done? You've just X'd opportunity for anybody else to give you their strength. Sorry, but it just kind of came out really direct, but I guess. Do you see what I'm saying, though? If we were to go and X our weaknesses, what have we done? If weaknesses don't exist, strengths don't exist either. If we don't have anything we lack, there is no room for anyone else to bring their gift to us. So really, this is about interdependence. How do we step into community? How do we find our contribution? Because what we have to give, there is innately somebody else that needs that. That's why it's there for us to give. Man, time goes by really fast when we start doing this. But I want to just kind of bring us back. We have a few more weeks to talk about community. Those of you that are visitors, I guess you get to go back and hopefully experience rich community. And I'm glad you're here with us this morning. But, but I just wanted to point out but I think it's fascinating that from the very beginning, Adam was the only human being that was ever born outside of community. And God said it wasn't good. Every other human being was born into community, into family. And the ones that weren't, my little sister, for example, was adopted from China. She was abandoned as an eight-month-old. She was found with pneumonia on the side of a train station in China. She was brought to an orphanage in my family when she was three and a half years old, adopted her. Later, I'll tell you more details of her story. Psalm 68 says that God is the God that sets the lonely in families. And it's not because a family is extra credit or something that's nice if you can have it. It's because family and community are essential to life. That's why we're born into them. All of this is like, duh, right? It's like, well, yes, Chris, okay, we know this, but... The reality is every temptation in our life is about pushing us away from this connection, isn't it? Isolation is the garden of the devil. The devil's number one strategy against us is to drive a wedge between relationship because the devil knows that that's where relationship and life is found. So if you ever find yourself tempted towards isolation, tempted towards just doing your own thing, you can pretty much bank on that's not God's will. Because God sets the lonely in families. Now why? Let's look back at Genesis 1 really quick. This is kind of the last thing I'm going to say, probably. Yeah. Genesis 1.26, it talks about God and the decision to create humans. Do you remember the language here? God does not say, let me make human in my image. How does your Bible say that in English? 
when you read Genesis 1. Let us make human in our image. God, Elohim, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, which you want to know another name for the Holy Spirit, by the way? Spirit of adoption. God the Father, God the Son, and the Spirit of adoption said, let us, who is a community, as a family, make human in our image. And if you have that mindset, it only makes sense that when Adam is standing there by himself, they, God, says this is not good because this is not our image. Our image is family, is community, is self-giving, self-loving, self-sacrifice, self-submission. Our very nature is interdependence, is what God says. It is not good for human to be alone because that is not our image. Did you know that that is why rejection, you know that our deepest fear is not death, it's not even public speaking, it's rejection. Our deepest fear is rejection. We spend so much energy trying to avoid rejection. And the reason is because rejection is a violation of our very being. Rejection cuts against the core of who we are as humans because we are made in the image of a God who is love and acceptance and security. Now, I know I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but I hope, if nothing else, I'm reminding you that you made the right choice by coming to community this morning and by engaging family and by being known, and by knowing others, by making that eye connection. We know these are the right things, but sometimes it does help, like I said, to take some time to pop open the hood and say, what are we working with, and why is community so crucial? Community is the very thing that is our life. God says, I never told you I'm enough. I never planned on being enough for you. I'm going to be enough for you through him, through her, through them, through mom, through dad, through brother, through sister, through cousin, through friend, through pastor, through teacher, through coach. That's how I will be enough for you. It is not good for you to be. So, practical application, which is my strong point, those of you guys that know me. That's total sarcasm. I, I don't have a practical bone in my body. But let me just leave you with this thought, and then we're going to open it up for a little bit of sharing and, and see what God's been saying to you all, and, and we'll have a chance to pray for one another. But this is my encouragement as we step into this new season. We're in a new season as Coastlands Vineyard Church, and you guys that are visiting here, I don't know what kind of community you have back home. You obviously have wonderful, rich families. You guys came here as awesome little entourage. It's like these groups walk up and we're like, that's cool. There's power in that group right there. There's something beautiful there. You have that. A girl named Sarah Shotwell who spoke at church a few weeks ago, and I, oh man, I wish I could have been here, but I listened to the recording. It's very rich. Hey there, music stand. But Sarah sent me a text last week, and she had a word for me, and I think it's a word for everybody, and it relates to community. And it was two words, just two simple words. And this is my encouragement to you. 
The words were lean in. That is where we find community. With your hearts, with your attitudes, with vulnerability, with openness, with your acceptance, with your engagement, and with your embrace, I would encourage you, I would encourage all of us to simply lean in. Because that is where God's life meets us. That is where God's life is found. And that is where we become who we're truly meant to be. Not alone, but rather persons in community, in family. And God looks at that and says, that is very... Notice, God did not say good. All these other things, God said good, 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 good. God looks at persons in community and says, now that, that is very So Father, Jesus, Spirit of adoption, I love that that's who you are, Spirit of adoption, thank you that you have created us for community, that you have not wired us for rejection, but you have actually put something in place that rejects rejection because we need one another and we need you. And I ask that you would Multiply our joy and divide our sorrows as we walk together, as we lean in to one another, as we embrace one another, as we acknowledge one another. May we realize that that is your heart, that that is what you're calling us into, and that that is where we truly find life. Thank you for the way you put it together. Thank you for recognizing that aloneness, that isolation is not good. It's not what you have for us. Give us the courage to lean in. And thank you that in that way, you will be enough. It's for your kingdom's sake we pray. Amen. So one of the things that we love to do, because like we said, this isn't just about me being alone up here, and I, I'm very blessed by those of you that shared, but we always love to end with a time where we open it up to hear what God is saying to you all, and it could be related to the message, could be in spite of the message, could be related to something that happened in worship, could be just something in general, but something that you feel like God has put on your heart for us as a community that you want us to be aware of, that you want to contribute, that you want us to know. So we have a time of sharing, and then we'll facilitate a time of prayer for one another. It's really important that those of you guys that came here this morning get a chance to be prayed with and for, if that's what's on your heart. So this is the part where I sit back down, where the kids usually start piling in, but where we open it up and say, what is God saying to you? And what do you have to contribute to us this morning? Yeah, Nina. Nice and loud, please.